Hi guys, uh, it's Michelle, and uh, nice for you to be listening to this podcast. I um, This one, so it's, um, it's 8.30 UK time as I'm recording this, and I've literally just walked through the door um, from a um, seminar which has been put together by a UK-based, um, effectively a, a broker, um, and this particular broker um, brokers deals uh, on behalf of buyers of financial services firms um, in order to get through the deal. So they work on behalf of the, the buyers and they try and match make firms who are looking to sell with their buyers that are looking to buy. Now, um, I was actually going to do this in the morning, but to be honest, my head is absolutely buzzing. And I'll try my very hardest not to go off in some random, sporadic, like brain dump of the stuff that um, has has been said today. So, let me try and start at the top. So, first and foremost, um, when and if ever that you are thinking about selling your business, it's likely to be because you've reached a junction where either. One, you're not really quite sure what to do next, and you know your exit, your succession, your um, your your sort of next stage strategy needs to be something that you're thinking about, um, or um, you have definitely you know made up your mind that you're getting rid of your practice and you want to sell either the whole business or its assets. Now these brokers. Um, there's all shapes and sizes of them. So there's an there's an, an air of caution, I think, um, in that they do work on behalf of the seller, uh, sorry, the buyer. Um, they do work on behalf of the buyer, and most of the time they only get paid if the deal goes through. So that's, that's the kind of first thing. What was interesting was, though, that the brokers said to me that very, very rarely do the buyers have any representation at all you know, they don't go to into these deals or into these negotiations with any real support other than maybe a lawyer and maybe an accountant. And um, which the first thing that jumped out of my mind was that's absolute craziness. But then I got thinking, well, who would they actually get to represent them? Like who who would that person or business be? And obviously then that gets my kind of creative juices flowing and think, well, you know, we've done this before but we did it almost by accident in that we were helping out a client, um, well, I just kind of went off on one. So obviously my brain is in, you know, forward drive overload as to, you know, how can we really refine our our service to help you guys if and at the point that you are looking in looking at entering into negotiations to sell your practice, your business. So that's that's the first thing. So that's just kind of there and parked for a moment. Um, what else? So all the stuff. So my my biggest takeaway, honestly, from the day was that all the stuff that I personally and therefore Standards International, its team members and its coaches have been banging on about for the last twenty years, is exactly what buyers want to see in your firms. So, you know, they do their due diligence, but to be honest, I'm not sure how good that due diligence actually is. It's very 
high level to start with and I you know some obviously have different processes and I'm so I'm sure some are, are way more um, detailed than others but um, they do their due diligence but um, oh my god I forgot what, <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say um, so they so they do the, they do their due diligence and they look at your businesses and they oh yeah sorry I'm back they look at your businesses and they um, are trying to establish one how robust it is Two, how transparent the data is, general all data, not just kind of your CRM, what's on your back office system. You know, how well structured you are, how well ran that business is, you know, systems, its controls, policies, its procedures. This is all kind of obvious stuff, I think. Um, But also it wants to know what the risks are. Now, One of the things that obviously dawned on me, and it's also prompted me to, on the way home on the train, to write an email to all of my clients and our clients who are actually certified to one or more of our best practice standards to say, you're probably already bang on what everyone's looking for. So if you ever want to sell, I think you're in a perfectly prime position to do so and are likely to get absolute top dollar. So I pushed hard in this seminar today and I was trying to find out, you know, what's getting the big bucks? What's, what is a buying firm looking for when um, looking to buy a firm? And honestly, I can, I can definitely tell you that I reckon there was five things out of a whole day's workshop that we could do better for our clients but we're doing something in that area already. And every single thing else that we talk about, bar none, we are doing for our clients already. We are suggesting our clients do. Now, I don't have hours and hours and hours to rattle all this stuff off, you know, but it is good team structures, great procedures, um, good management buy-in to what's going on, great leadership, um, you know, great relationships that aren't, aren't all centred around one person, i.e. the planner. Um, it's, a, it's a team approach, a defined proposition, knowing which clients are on which service, um, clients on retainers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, which is all the stuff straight up that we, we do with our clients anyway. So um, that, that was obviously quite reassuring for me. And, you know, hence the reason I've emailed all our clients tonight and said, you know what, you've got this licked, but just talk to us before you do anything. So I think if you're a buyer, make sure you go in with somebody, somebody that can help you, advise you, that's not a lawyer, that's not an accountant, that's, that's got your back and knows your business very well. Which also brings me on to, if you are a business owner thinking of selling your practice, involve your practice manager in it, for example, because it's likely that they know way more about the operational running of your business than you do. So involve them. Don't, it's not just all about you and you know you dealing with the process and not telling anybody in the team. That's, that's never gonna work. Um, the other thing that they quite liked was having open dialogue with your clients way in advance. Like, you know, talking about, um, you know, speaking to clients now about the next five to 10 years if you've got some time, but you should be thinking about this stuff within about three to five years of even, you know, entering into negotiations. You should be having these conversations with your clients and also preferably your your teams. Um, so let me just quickly run through my notes um, in front of me. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of um, buyers out there and fit is obviously the big thing because the money might be right. The, um, 
the money might be right, the deal might be what you want, but you know, God, it's fit. It's about their investment proposition, the way that the management team was structured, the sustainability of the buying firm. I mean, there's all sorts in there, but um, you know, culture was something that they didn't really talk about, but I deliberately brought it up. And when I when I did, they were like, yeah, absolutely, Michelle, you know, you're absolutely right, but they didn't mention it. So what that kind of led me to believe is, is that for them, it's almost a given that that works or that's there or that there's a fit. But my thing is always that everybody overlooks culture, everybody. Everybody always underestimates fit, yeah? They think it's almost a transactional, well, the money's right, the deal's right, the, the sort of headline agreement's right, but it's not. It's the underlining stuff that nobody really thinks about or actually focuses on, on other than me because I'm a bit obsessed about it. Um, so, yeah, client data. Um, yeah, also one of the things they said was, you know, how, um, how simple the business runs. Like, don't overcomplicate it. Streamline your processes, single systems, not you know, Excel spreadsheets that would sink a battleship, you know, if you piled them all on top of each other, you know, make it slick, make it streamlined. That was a big, big, big thing. Um, and it's all to do with how easy the data is to see and extract, ultimately. If it's all over the place, it's a flipping nightmare. Um, what else? They talked about what you should ask of the, of the buyer as a seller. Um, and we've we've got a due diligence process that we we would share with all of our clients to use on the buying company. So that's you know you've got to do your due diligence on them. It's equally as important. Um, lots of reasons why people buy and lots of reasons why people sell, which is kind of obvious. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, I mean yes. I mean some of these some of the multiples that they were talking about were. You know, one of the, it was interesting because I've got a particular client at the moment that has a very, very, very healthy profit, profit, you know, like amount in their business. And um, the figures were up to 10 times profit. Um, and I messaged him afterwards and said, like, just remind me how much profit you've got in your business. And he's like, you know, give me the figure. And I was like, do you know your business is worth like a gazillion quid? Um, but obviously that's on the face of it. And there's a lot more to it than that. But, you know, there's, there's obviously different ways to value the business on assets under management, recurring income, um, profit, um, and that kind of thing. So you've got to obviously make sure that someone's got your corner covered, you know, like I was saying right at the beginning. Um, couple of things and tips um, as far as the legal costs. Um, uh, it's like a, the, the lady said it's like a bell curve. So up to a million, the fees can be quite high. From a million sort of upwards to maybe 10 million, it's about 1% should be allocated to legal fees and then afterwards it's obviously it drops again and that's because obviously the, the economy is a scale kind of thing um the accountancy fee should be about two and a half thousand pound um should be allocated to a, a set a sale um so that's just to give you a few pointers um and god you've got to have your compliance you know in order and um i will do a plug for it now because i think um it's it's appropriate in that there is actually a British standard for compliance. Now, I actually asked, not in with in the room, but I actually asked one of the guys, and I told him about these different standards. He was like, well, yeah. I mean, if a firm has had their compliance framework audited, 
and assessed against the British compliance standard, not the regulatory framework, because this goes way above that, um, we've got loads less to worry about and loads less to actually find out because the assessment report for any of these standards would be available as part of their due diligence. So it's almost like they've got somebody else independent to do the due diligence on their key business areas, and there's obviously standards for all of them, um, that saves them a massive job. So that obviously makes the money pot go up and the pain go down, which is key. Um, there's a number of key players in the market. Um, some are very aggressive and some are just a bit odd. Um, some are really great and it all depends on what you're wanting to happen um, and what you want. So one of the things they said was, you know, you've got to know why you are selling. Why? Like really why? You know, what's your motivator? Because, you know, financial services to a degree is fueled by ego, right? So, you know, loads, I think, I, I think to be honest, I get away with tons with my clients because I'm a girl and I'm a woman and I'm a female and I nag them to death. Um, it's different for a guy doing that to a guy. And, and that's because of ego. Simple, you know, you could, you could disagree with me if you want, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's, there's a lot of ego. Now, what that means is, is that when you sell your business or looking to sell, you become very proud of it all of a sudden and very protective over it, very protective over your clients. But actually, you kind of lose yourself down a dark hole um, because in the most cases, you've forgotten why you're doing this in the first place. So you've got to be locked on to the reason you're looking to sell end of story. So that was that was a big thing that came across loud and clear, loud and clear. A um, couple of other things like is the potential in the client bank, um, and there's big, massive multiples to be to be paid. It's incredible. The market is very buoyant at the moment. And they said that it's very positive. It's a positive environment at the minute, which is great. Um, potential culture I've mentioned. Um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah. Um, they didn't really say if you if there's any benefit or not, but no benefit in doing a bit of employee benefits or having the various sort of income streams or departments. But as long as it was simple and not overcomplicated, um, and obviously there was a big topic around entrepreneurial entrepreneurs relief um, and some of the the, the 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 logistics around that. But that was that was just delivered by an accountant lady, which was very helpful. But again, you know, we can cover that later if we need to. Um, I think that's it. I think, um, <coughs> yeah, I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, what I would say is, um, please, 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 um, first and foremost, don't just think that sale is your only option. You know, I have these conversations with advisors all the time and they say, yeah, 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 Michelle, I'm going to sell it. And I'll say to them, really? Like, are you selling it because you want a capital event? No, no, I don't want a capital event. You know, I'm not bothered about the money. It's not about the money, blah, blah, blah. So, but why are you selling it? Well, because I want to get rid of all this aggravation and, you know, I don't know what to do with the business. And I, you know, I always say, well, if I could get rid of all the aggravation and get someone running this business for you, would you sell it? They're like, no, of course I wouldn't sell it. Why would I want to sell a business I love? And I get all that. So I think it's important for you to, um, before you dive in, thinking sale is your only option, actually restructuring could be an option. That's the first thing I would say. Um, and if you are thinking about selling, look, give us a call. At the moment, I don't have this perfectly deliverable proposition for you, um, which is kind of why I like doing these podcasts, just sort of, you know, 
get it all out there. Um, but it's certainly something that we would consider um, very personalised um, helping you do this because we, we know what we're doing, actually. Um, and today confirmed it for, for me. I, we've been doing this for 20 years and we probably didn't really realise we were um, in this way. So um, just phone, phone us. Like just, just pick up the phone, drop us an email and we'll just see where it goes. I don't know where it will go. It might go nowhere or it might be actually a couple of pointers point you in the right direction. So, you know, that's that's why we're here and that's why we jump out of bed every morning. So, so that you're not doing this stuff on your own. So, yeah, I think um, my head is absolutely about ready to explode. I feel like I need chocolate before I go to bed just to, because that'll calm me down. Um, but as you can probably hear from my voice, I'm sort of full of it. So, yeah, so thank you for listening. I hope it's been... Um, helpful. Um, let's get this podcast uploaded and um, hopefully it will be valuable to a few people who may be a bit of a do I sell or don't I? <laughs>